everybody, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm with Squeaks. Squeaks! And we have uh, a bunch of different people joining us. We're trying something new where we're doing things in segments, so you guys get a little bit of each of us uh, in these recordings as we're all kind of staying home and staying safe. Uh, but how have you been so far? What have you been watching right now, Squeaks? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, what I've been watching, dang, uh, Veep. <clears throat> you got me on Veep, and I'm I so am watching Veep. <laughs> I am almost done with the whole series. That's yeah, boy, it's got such a depressing ending. But yeah, that's really cool. I want to uh, real quick, real quick about Veep because since about- you know why not? You asked me. Oh, yeah. uh, they do a good job at making me love someone like a character and then hate a character. And then there's really only one character in this series that I'm kind of like, nah. Even if she goes through like different times, which is Amy. Yeah, yeah. She's for her. I'm kind of like, she's just there, and she doesn't really have like a. She was only strong one moment, and that was when she told uh, Selena off. Yeah, which was and really I was like, cool. Oh moment, shit, that was good. Yeah, and then other than that, she's just kind of a shadow. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. But yeah, there there is one other character that I fully like the whole time, and that's Gary. Uh, but everybody else, I could see like mm. there being selfish shit moments. But I think Gary's the only person who's like actually selfish, selfish. Yeah, I like Mike too, though. Uh, well, yeah, Mike. Uh, later on, he started becoming Mike one of my favorites. Survive, but he's just such a dipshit on everything yeah. that is like <laughs> <Yeah>. fucking Mike. Oh <laughs> uh, man, but I, uh, I love how he has like yeah. ten kids all of a sudden. And it's just like, oh, yeah. shit. yeah, how does happen? <laughs> Uh, new character, uh, Richard's kind of starting to be kind of neat too. Uh, he's funny. Richard right becomes one of my favorite characters at the end. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's neat. He's, I like rewatching the funny. show, paying attention to Richard more. Yeah. Um, he's funny. Yeah. Really cool. Jonah running for ever since Jonah started running for Congress, he's been actually something that I've been paying attention to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They elevated his character oh, in a way where you're like, I, I kind of, I mean, I did continue to hate him of course as a person, but you're kind of rooting for him to at least beat, you know, Sean Payton's character. So, <laughs> oh, not Sean Payton, but, uh, Peyton, uh, Patton Oswalt's character and stuff like that. So, that's uh-huh, cool. uh-huh. yeah. Anyway, what have you been watching? Righteous Gemstones. I just finished that. Oh, and nice. now I'm on a, a Danny McBride kick. So I'm watching Vice Principals right now, loving that as well. Very good. And I, I think after this, I'm going to finish things up with Eastbound and Down, which I know is his big one. Nice. So, have you ever watched Eastbound and Down? I have never watched it. Wow. So I, I'm ripping wow. through his his library and just fully in love with him. He is so talented. All right, uh, let's go ahead and get into the news. Well, we're going to start off with BlizzCon 2020 is proceeding, according to Blizzard. Uh, on April nice. 6th, Blizzard has announced that BlizzCon is going forward as planned and cautioned everyone that the virus can still cancel things if in November it seems to have flared back up. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about this. How are you feeling about this? Very excited because I know we talked about before that we were nervous. Like, what news is this BlizzCon going to have? Can they cancel it because there's not enough going on? But at least we know that there's something going on at Blizzard to have Blizzard 2020. Yeah, it's one of our favorite conventions to bring to, to all of you guys at home. So uh, really excited for this. Here's a statement from uh, Sarah Lynn Smith, executive producer of BlizzCon. While we're all hopeful things will look better later in the year, the bottom line is that at this point, it's too early to know whether BlizzCon 2020 will be feasible. The health of our community employees and everyone who helps with the show is our top consideration. It might be a few months before we know for certain if or how we'll proceed. But as soon as we have a meaningful update, we'll share it. And then they go on to say, like, ticket sales are going to still happen and stuff like that. So we we have confirmation that at least we'll be able to begin the process of planning for BlizzCon. Because you need to get rooms and everything like that. And that's a big extensive yeah. thing. So we have something on the horizon. And this this is awesome, um, awesome that they're proceeding because this is still far out. So yeah. it's not like let's just jump the gun and cancel them. It's like, dude, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the next few months. Exactly. Um, 
So I, I this is awesome that it's still something for us, us to at least look forward to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it's just so much fun. And it's for beyond the podcast. It is a place where we get to meet up with old friends and stuff like that, too. So we get to see all of our old friends again and stuff. So we're, 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 we're big fans of BlizzCon. Uh, okay, now, planning on going, what kind of souvenir are you going to grab this year? Because, of course, part of BlizzCon is spending just as much money on the tickets as you are on souvenirs. What are you already planning on? Frank, you already know the damage I did last BlizzCon. So yes. this BlizzCon, it's not going to change. It's going to be everything. Oh, my so. God. You had more than the hotel room's <laughs> expenses bought before we left that. Oh, I, I did. I did. I was Yeah, I did. Actually, I can't. Yeah. yeah. I can't deny it. <laughs> so... Um, so probably statues since I, apparently you just informed me, I already bought the fucking BlizzCon statues and yeah. didn't even realize that's what they were for. So I already have my Jaina and Savannah's pre-ordered, Yeah, which I did not know was a pre-order. <laughs> Damn it, Blizzard. Well, they do say they're for an event and they said you won't get it until September, which is usually when they confirm the event. So, it's so that's so, anyway, so, <laughs> so those statues, um, Honestly, probably some some something more like that. You know what I want actually is close this time. So they were selling some shorts, uh, Diablo shorts that I didn't grab because I already yeah. started spending way too much money. So maybe like a pair of basketball shorts and that some little. Uh, I'm sure they'll have pops again, and then like little figure figure statues that we got, uh, like the orc and I got the the Marthral from Diablo. If I'm saying that name right. What about you? Uh, you know the statues are always a good investment. They look great. I might pick one of those up. I knew I normally don't pick up a statue, but I might this time. Uh, I, I do normally get a hoodie. I might get another one of those. Uh, this right. time, though, I'm definitely going to buy a couple books and actually have them signed. Oh, I'm with you on that. We'll, we'll get in that line together. Okay, that's over in the Darkmoon Fair, so I'm excited for that. Yep. Uh, now, say you're interviewing. We Say you know, say we get media passes and stuff like that. We're interviewing some of the people. Who from Blizzard would you like to interview, and what would you like to ask them? And I'll start us off with, I would like to interview Ian Hasacostas. He's the one that, you know, he, first off, he's famous for designing the ICC uh, raid. And now he's basically in charge of World of Warcraft. Uh, and I want to ask him, of the ICC raid, is there any fight in particular you want to remake? The game has evolved so much since those days. Uh, if there was a fight that you wanted to remake, what would you add and how would you change it? And is that something that's feasible? Mine was, I'm going to, uh, from last BlizzCon, I asked this questions, but I'm going to set this guy down <laughs> and be legit. I want a mother effing answer. So I don't know the guy's name and I was at the table, but the Diablo Mobile. Okay, I know a lot of people were oh, talking yeah. shit on this. Diablo Immortal. But this has been Immortal. Okay, that's the mobile name? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Diablo Immortal. I know a lot of people were kind of upset because it is mobile. But at this point, now it's like, well, I kind of want to try it out. I want to play it. I mean, if I played it at last BlizzCon, it was like, holy shit, this is like Diablo on my phone. Like, yeah. I didn't really feel uh, much of a difference. So now I'm like, what is your problem that we can't have this game right now. <laughs> no, this, he's like, say literally, <laughs> I, asked the, I asked the guy, and he was like, oh, I got to uh, stop changing my mind. Now I literally told him, well, you should probably stop doing that. Yeah. Literally told him that. <laughs> stop changing your damn mind and get this game out. What is the issue? Like, I don't need to see a Diablo Immortal booth every BlizzCon because you guys can't get it together. And I know I played it the year before you there, and it felt exact same as the year after. Like, it doesn't feel like they're changing anything to the game. So just give it to us already. It's crazy. That that's it's even worse now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's pretty nuts. That, that's mine. Because it's it's the uh, for a mobile game, what, what, this shouldn't take this long. Come on now. Yeah. I know Blizzard, you polish your games and they're all absolutely amazing. But let's. You're, it's a mobile game. I don't expect it to be blowing my socks off. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I really like Diablo 3, so I'm looking forward to just smashing some yeah. dungeons, you know. That'd be really good. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about Ezra Miller. He was, he was uh, in Iceland. It sounds like he was on vacation over there. Uh, he was filmed choking a fan who 
was kind of approaching him like in this joking, like you want to fight kind of thing is outside of a bar. I think everybody was kind of drunk. Um, and so he was caught on video doing this and then it was uh, posted up on Twitter after doing some research. I noticed it was actually on Reddit four days prior to that, but then was quickly removed. The footage is upsetting for many people. So if you're, if you're looking for this footage, it's actually on our website, but I'm going to give you a heads up. It, it can be considered upsetting. The woman's, you know, coming up to him kind of like, Oh, what, what kind of thing like that. If you could imagine a person saying that, what that looks like. Ezra's clears the bell saying, do you want to fight? Then grabs her by the neck, brings her to the ground, choking her while he continues to say, do you want to fight? She's gasping for air air, and trying to put up a fight against him. A voice off camera, and I believe it's the person holding the camera from what I can tell, saying, uh, hey man, you know, cool it or whatever. He, he tries to stop the, stop the fight. Uh, so this is obviously crazy. Ezra Miller, everybody knows him as Flash. He's a Flash in the DC movies. And uh, this puts the future into commotion and what his future is as an actor in general. Uh, at the time, at this time right now, the flash movie, I think has him as director, if I'm not mistaken, they've gone through multiple directors oh. and stuff like that. Yeah. And he, and they were like, Oh, we'll do flashpoint. We won't do flashpoint. There's all kinds of things in the air. They've had a lot of problems and I've heard behind the scenes that Miller is hard to work with. So I'm asking you now, what do you think DC and WB has got to do about this? Well, I want to go back to the video real quick. It's kind of hard because we don't know his. The girls approaching him jo- looks obviously jokingly. I think about so, yeah. fighting, and it's like how many time, what how many times he's been in stupid situations like that where he he doesn't mess around like that. He's like a ticking time bomb, right? Right. He's yeah. an actor, so I'm sure a lot of people try to question him uh, or test him. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying I'm defending the guy because why are you still consistently choking just this female? While she's on the ground, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, if if WB does end up doing that, I think I think they will because it's just the media is too strong. And if everybody's going to get on this uh, wagon where we hate Ezra Miller because of this, or all this stuff is going to resurface because of a new Flash movie coming out, uh, I think they're just going to can him. Unfortunately. Yeah, I, I when I saw the footage, I thought I want this guy to never act again. I'm not going to lie to you; I was very upset by the footage. Yeah, but. Yeah. Outside of that, I also don't think he was that great of a Flash. So uh, I 100% agree with you. I think like, well, it's not like I was a little upset because, uh, uh, God, Batman's name. What's his name? Ben Affleck. Uh, ben Affleck. Because I was like, oh, I really enjoy his Batman. But with this Flash, I never was like, no, I'm not sad on him. Yeah. So I think if, if you're going to be scrapping him, this is the time to do it. We also have, you know, Ben Affleck's out now. So there's going to yeah. be some big shakes up, shake up in the DCEU. How do you think they can introduce a new Flash then into DC Universe? Oh, unfortunately, probably probably what they're going to do. Oh, man. Probably what they're just going to do with Batman. That's the thing I see. You're just going to have Ben Affleck in it. He's going to take over and we're just going to pretend like nothing ever happened. Well, Ben Affleck's gone, so they'll have to, they'll have to fix that too. Well, kind of like when, you know we had Christian uh, Bell the whole time and then we just jumped to Ben Affleck. So I feel like there was really no um, story to you know right. integrate those two actors so i feel like it's just that's what's going to happen well there's it's a big difference there in the fact that the, the christopher nolan batman's with christian bale that was a whole different universe and everything like that the next batman outside of so that everybody's thinking robert pattinson that's actually in the past that's not the current day batman um current day batman still considered ben affleck's batman uh and he works alongside aquaman and wonder woman two care in, in shazam Characters that will be in the future. So how do you bring in a Batman who's going to be playing with characters that the past Batman was playing with? Same thing with Flash. If you bring in a new Flash, is it just like, hey, Flash, you look a little different nowadays, and then they continue going? Or how can we how can we bring them Man, together? I feel like you just made it a lot bigger than just 
how to introduce the Flash because then we don't have a Batman either. Then that's, what you're that's exactly correct. Yeah. So so what is the state of DC right now? Okay, cool. We got a Wonder Woman movie coming out, but what's what's going to happen? Are we not going to have another Justice League? Basically? We might not. We might not for a while until they're re- ready to reboot everything. Yeah. And I would like. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of thinking Flashpoint's a good way to bring it all back if you just find a way where somebody goes back in, or Flash goes back in time, and then in that process of coming back, changes everything, which is how it happened in the comic books. We could get a do new Batman that way for sure. Uh, yeah, but would you well. think for? Would you think it flopped something maybe like X Men because they kind of did that too? And to me, I think the X Men movies are not very good. Yeah, definitely the new ones weren't. Yeah, so that would be scary. But Flashpoint is such a good story. I mean, it really it might is. Not take yeah, that effect. I, I want it done uh, right, so uh, that's kind of yeah. my my side of it too. And now, who would you want to play Flash? I'm going to go with Grant Gunston. He's the one that plays him on the TV show. I think he's a perfect Flash. He doesn't play him very funny, but I think he does play that kind of wholesome, young, kind of like, uh, I'm just here to be a nice guy kind of thing, which I really like out of a superhero. In DC's movies where everything's so dark, I think he would really do good there. He'd be like the, the nice guy, um, what Superman should be, <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, I know Flash kind of like jokes around a lot, so there's also that. So what do you think? Who would you want uh, to be the next Flash? I think that's a good pick um, compared to even the Ezra, just for the fact that uh, I feel like the D, uh, the CW owned that he was smart in a way, but this yeah. one's like, oh, I'm super smart, but I kind of live in like a garage or whatever. I'm like kind of stupid at the same time to me. I feel like trying to be too funny. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the comedic relief. But I was thinking only because of facial feature stuff. I like Matt Boom or Boom Boomer, but then he, he plays on Doom Patrol mm-hmm. already. Or in Titan he's involved in that already, so I don't know if that'll work out unless they can just kind of be separate from the movies and then the uh, the yeah, series. I don't know if they're connected or not. Yeah. But I think image wise, I could see him. Like I could really see him uh, wear that okay. mask and own it. Yeah, and then would you want the next Flash to be kind of a joking around Flash, someone who's the nice guy, or someone who's like super smart? How would you like to? <sighs> nice guy. He has to show that he's smart, obviously. Um, because we don't have, well, we have Batman that controls everything, but, uh, I don't want to see a jokester. Uh, I just don't see it. Well, at least maybe Ezra just ruined it for me, but I just don't see reading the comics. I mean, he's, he's from what I've read, he's not that much of a jokester. Yeah, in the right? comic books, not too much. But then if you look at like the, the DC animated, uh, universe, that one's a big jokester and that's really rung true to a lot of fans. So it's kind of like one of these things where they're like. Well, you know, the Harley yeah. Quinn universe where, where that she's from that too, they wanted a jokester one and it works really well for them. So there's always kind of that pool for it. And there are some cases where uh, Flash is kind of kidding around a lot. But yeah, I like that version of Flash. The old, like I like when Flash, when Barry Allen's a little bit older and he's like really worried about Iris and stuff like that. I really love that version of, of mm-hmm. Flash myself. What we're having right now, really. So then, and then if you think about it, um, if you put the Justice League together, who would be your comedic relief? It probably would be Flash over It would probably be Flash. It can be Green Lantern if you do John's Green Lantern. If you do, so oh, if you do two Green Don't tease well, me. If you, do two, if you do the two Green Lanterns, which everything's saying that there's going to be the two Green Lanterns, you have the older one who's trying to show him how to do things, and the younger one that's kind of like, you know, I'm cool and I'm hip kind of thing like that. Like, that would be your comedic relief guy. Think of the original Men in Black, how those two played off of each other. So that would saying, exactly be what's going you're on. You're saying John Stewart would be the they comedic They can make relief? John Stewart a comedic relief. I know currently he's not. Oh, I just don't I see that. He's so like, uh, he's so like straight to the point. Like, yeah, I can see how Jordan, I mean, well, unless you don't go to Ryan Reynolds with yeah, it. Yeah, uh, no, I uh, think everybody's going to say that. <laughs> don't go to Ryan Reynolds with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's tough. Yeah, sure. 
So we'll see how it goes. Well, guys, we'll keep you up to date on this. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how much the story to me, it felt like it died right after the video came out. And I was like, how are people still not talking about this? But we'll, we'll follow up on this. And we'll right? See. Yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll resurface when it gets closer to any DC project. Right. All right. So moving on to the next thing, we have Amazon's Project Tempo is expected this year. Uh, everybody wasn't sure with the Corona thing. And even they say, like, look, this might ha- not happen this year. Some of the inside sources is like, there's no way it's going to happen this year. But then they reported to the New York Times that this is definitely coming this year. So everything's in the air, but currently coming this year, uh, this new project is rumored to be much like Google Stadia or Microsoft's xCloud. Amazon is also developing uh, three standalone games. One of them is called New World. It'll be an open open world survival game. And the other one's going to be like this Lord of the Rings MMORPG. Uh, they're also making a TV series for, M- for oh, Lord of the Rings. Shit. So I, I kind of think it's going to tie in with that, you know? Oh, shit. Shit, they're making a Lord of the Rings MMO? Yeah, and, yeah it's going to be MMORPG, oh. which I'm excited to see a new one of those coming out. A lot of people stopped making those, so uh, yeah. Lord of the Rings style too. that's going to be amazing. Oh, fuck. And all of this <laughs> is going to be empowered by Twitch because they bought Twitch back in August 25th of 2014. So there's going to be all kinds of tie-ins for streamers. So the nice thing with that is that means that there's going to be probably like these loot drops, like we're going to talk about in Valorant later on in this episode. Uh, there's these loot drops and stuff like that, or you know, beta keys and stuff. So it's going to make the hype behind this Lord of the Rings game in New World, for example, just so high that everybody's going to rush out and get this thing. It's going to be huge. Uh, All this should be able to run on Amazon's new uh, Project Tampa streaming service. But they're worried about the coronavirus and how that's going to affect not only production, but the sales. So for an example, the Xbox boss, uh, uh, Phil Spencer, he says that he expects that when the console is released, it'll be so bad for the industry because the economies have all slowed down. All the big economies in the world are all slowed down. People are going to have a lot less excess cash to go out and buy a new Xbox or a PlayStation 5. So he thinks that that's really going to hit them hard. Uh, so what do you, how do you think Amazon's going to do in this world with this new streaming service, new games? And uh, we'll start with that. How do you think Amazon's going to do in the gaming industry? Well, you got me really excited uh, with Lord of the Rings MMO because that's something I never heard of until right now. So it just depends what games they're going to have that we can stream. Now, I, this is something that I don't need a system for, right? Like, I know Steady had a Right, you would need no system for this. There probably right. will be an Amazon controller at some point. Okay. okay, so... Okay. So, it's something that I might try only because of the games. If not, uh, if the games can't pull me in, it's something that I don't think will be successful. We already have an industry that are filled with three giants. You know, Sony, yeah. Xbox, Nintendo. It's just so hard to get in it. I know Steady is not... Steady is not officially released yet, uh, right? It is, and I'm actually talking about that next. Okay, so <laughs> so <laughs> with Stadia, I feel like they're really. I have not heard shit about Stadia since the release. I just don't hear anybody being like, "Oh my god, I gotta play my." That's Stadia how my review game. will go too. So <laughs> It'll I, be I pretty like me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I just don't see it coming into an industry that's that huge, unless you're going to be like, "Oh, we have a uh, Lord of the Rings MMO, like RPG." Like, "Oh, okay. All right." I kind of think that's you know? how they're going to do it because they own Twitch. They're going to be pushing the streamer thing so much, and we're seeing Valorant huge right now, mm. and it's so much of that is because of the Twitch backing. Like, Twitch is really behind them. I think that'll kind of push Amazon Damn, yeah. into the forefront of this whole thing. Yeah, could be. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. We get getting these yeah. streamers involved. What kind of Amazon gaming tie-ins can you see not only with Twitch, but like say your Echo and uh, all the different Amazon products we all have in our houses right now. I can't even say Alexa too loud because then I'm going to have everything saying hello, Frank. So, you know, what do you think? <laughs> I think 100% we're going to see uh, navigation through your Alexa. Um, uh, Alexa, play uh, 
Overwatch. I don't know what's. Yeah. I'm just thinking something randomly. Alexa, play Overwatch. It should open Overwatch for me almost instantly. Like if I was on Xbox or PlayStation, where I could just uh, get out of one application and go to the other. I think it'd be cool too if you would be like Alexa, clip that when you're sitting there streaming it or something like that. Or oh, and it's set to like clip. Let me like well, a set time. Yeah. Before how that. cool yeah. would it be if now I'm so thinking now I'm thinking up. something real cool here. You know how, like, say, Destiny, you have the little robot helping you out? Or there's always that little robot sidekick, say, like, in Star Wars. Uh, there's that little droid helping you out the whole time. What if Alexa's the yeah, voice of that? Yeah, Destiny, yeah, I bought that fucking Alexa thing. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Alexa, turn on the flashlight. Well, because they, they made that ghost, uh, Alexa. Where, well, they made the ghost that pairs up to your Alexa. Do you remember I, that? No, I don't. I didn't remember that. Okay, so I got the ghost um, that was compatible with the Alexa. And it was so cool because it, it would... Uh, you would talk to your ghost about destiny, but it was through the Alexa, but still had the ghost voice. But it just never worked and I never see. connected. And I gave it a chance because it was only ten bucks. And um, a lot of the reviews said this is horrible, but I was like, look, I'm going to try it. If not, it's going to be a cute little yeah. ghost. <laughs> but if they could capitalize on end game play, um, that would be that'd yeah. be crazy. Yeah, I think Amazon's. I think they're coming in right on this thing. I think they're. They think they're coming in the right way on this thing. Uh, I I don't think Google came in with enough. Uh, I don't think they came in enough with enough stuff ready to go. You know what I'm saying? If that's what I'm saying. So you have Amazon's got Twitch ready to yeah. go. Amazon's already got games in development. Google didn't really have games in development ready to launch. Uh, so there's a couple things like that. Yeah. Does Google have? Uh, you know, do they have their exclusive Stadia game? Not the, do they no, have one. Nothing. Nothing like. Uh, I mean, there's the App Store. I mean, it's basically that. Yeah. So what? Yeah. What makes me want a Stadia? I mean, the, it does launch instantly, which is really nice, but to me, it was very lackluster, especially okay. for the person who has a gaming PC. Yeah. It's just not there yet. I think, personally, I think Microsoft xCloud is going to yeah. run much better. I have a friend who's in the beta for that, and he's loving it right now. He's playing it all on his phone, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, that's that's the thing, is I couldn't even, well, when we talk about Stadia, I couldn't even use it on my iPhone, so it was, it was pretty nuts. But yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll see how Amazon yeah. goes. Uh, looking forward to, to what they can bring. I think, I think they're Going about it the right way. Wonder if they make um, so you said the Lord of the Rings uh, game that's going to be released for it and it's going to be an exclusive. Uh, uh, Lord of the Rings is on Amazon. Yeah, but I don't yeah. know if it'll be okay. exclusive. It's just so, they're developing. Oh man, if it is exclusive, that one that's insane, and two that would bring a lot of people in. Uh, two, would they make other games that would tie in maybe like other shows they make? That would be amazing because I would like to watch the boys. Yeah. Or I'd like to play in the world of the boys. Oh, really? Like, yeah. And some of it's kind of simple. Like, if they bring Telltale yeah. back, I mean, they could make, you know, Universal. Yeah, a Telltale like version of uh, that Carnival Row probably be good. Ugh, that's ugly. I would have done uh, Castle Rock. Oh, that's Hulu. God dang, I'm getting my streams <laughs> next up. <laughs> I feel you, man. Uh, all right. So let's talk about Stadia. The free version came out today. It's their basically their official launch. It's now live. Uh, Google announced uh, that the free version of Stadia it will be live in 14 countries starting. Uh, the free version offers... Uh, it's kind of like a launcher. Think of it like as a Steam to where you're able to add things to your library. And for everybody who signs up in the first few, I think it's weeks or whatever, you get two-month free trial to the Pro tier. And at the Pro tier, which is normally $10 a month, you get a series of free games every month. So for this month, it's Destiny 2, Grid, Guilt, SteamWorld, Dig 2, Series Sam Collection, uh, Spitler and Spitling, and Thumper. Okay, and then that's, that's for, for $10, $10 a month? month? 
it's, kind of, it's not bad. It really isn't bad. So like Destiny Two, which you can get free now, but is worth sixty dollar value game. Uh, and Grid is Grid is probably about forty bucks right now, and it's a good game. Actually, that's the one of them I was trying out. Uh, and then if you wanted a Stadia controller, it's it's seventy dollars. Uh, but you can use you could use Microsoft controllers mm-hmm. like the Xbox or whatever, or you could use your keyboard and mouse like I was using. So um, it's it's not terrible. It's that the the pricing's not bad because you know. For ten bucks a month, you're already spending that on a lot of things, Game Pass for us and stuff like that. It's not terrible. Now, let me go into my review of the system. I tried it out on my PC and my iPhone. So I'll start with the iPhone first. I went ahead, I was like, okay, cool, I got 5G on the iPhone. This thing should run well. Fired, I got the app, fired it up, and it does nothing. All it does is like tell you to use Chromecast. Um, and I didn't want to get my Chromecast out of my storage. So I was like, no, I'm okay. So basically, if you have an iPhone, you can't use this thing. And I got the numbers on this because I was like, that's crazy. 185 million iPhones were sold last year. So that's 185 million iPhone users that will not be able to use a Stadia. They can use the X, uh, the Microsoft xCloud once that comes out. So we got that out of the way. No phone. Okay. On PC, I'm going to also clear things up. Google says you need a minimum of 25 megabytes per second. I live out in the country. I have 10 megabytes per second. So I was going to see how this works. And uh, it wasn't great. So for Grid, which is a nice, beautiful game, uh, it was cutting out so much that I actually had to stop playing. I couldn't even get through one race. It was just terrible speeds, terrible everything. And then I later on tried it out with Thumper. Thumper is a much less intense game, so I don't know why that would matter. You're streaming visuals, so it really shouldn't matter how intense the game is. I'm only thinking maybe my inputs and ex- you know that part needs higher speed, but otherwise it shouldn't be any difference based on graphics. But it did run much better. Um, I felt like I could start games relatively quickly. I would say like maybe a six second time from selecting a game to I'm in it, uh, which is pretty solid. I think there's a lot more to come and I really actually want you guys to try it out. We have an article on our website right now with my full review and it's overall pretty negative because I had a, ne- I had a hard time playing anything, but I'd like for you guys to go ahead and try this out at some point too. We'll add it to our website's reviews and maybe we'll get some feedback on future podcasts. Of what you guys think of Stadia? What do you think about that? What is the uh, requirements that they're asking for? Do you have twenty five megabytes per second? You should be you should be past twenty five. Okay. No, yeah, for sure. I was yeah. just curious. Unfortunately, I'm at ten, and I'm pretty happy with my ten because everybody around me has one, so <laughs> I'm pretty cool with that. Oh, I know. Man, yeah, dude. I'm the rich guy in town with my fast internet that I got hooked up. For some reason, I always thought you did have a twenty five, and then Daniel Daniel uh, was telling me that you uh, only had ten. I was like, no, I could have sworn you no, told me no, you had twenty five. Yeah, I know. That's why sometimes it's like, man, guys, it's lagging tonight. And it's just not gonna happen. It's because I got I got the funky internet, yeah. you know, with the the dishes and everything. If you guys try out Google Stadia, we'll do some future reviews on this too. We'll get everybody else's opinion on it. My personal opinion is the layout was solid for Stadia. I actually like the layout. Uh, when it was working, it was working well. I think they need to bolster the library greatly. I did feel like the library is quite limited. Um, so I'm not going to give it a grade yet because I feel like I didn't do a good, sufficient enough review on it. Uh, but uh, it's worth a try. Like I said, the first it's, two months are free right now. So that's pretty amazing. Is there anything that uh, would pull you, would pull somebody to Stadia? If they ever... The two, I mean, realistically, the two free months, you can you can get a couple $60 games for free. And then try it out. And if you really okay. like the idea of playing on your phone or playing on your tablet or something like that, or if you don't have a very gamer-intensive PC, I mean, that's that's exactly what this is for. You don't need a graphics... Well, maybe. Yeah, you really don't need a graphics card if, you have, if you're streaming your game onto your monitor. Because basically, that's what your computer's doing, just being a monitor. You know? Huh. So it doesn't okay. necessarily need to be super powerful to run these games. 
it's definitely for the more casual gamers, I think. Yeah, okay. All right, uh, Squeaks, why don't you tell us about the big PS5 announcement? All right, so we finally had, which I have an article up, um, some visuals on anything physical for PS5 coming out, yeah. and that was the controller. Um, what uh, they announced, I'll just go visually, it has a two-tone, um, at least for the one, the stock one, has the white on top with the black. I think like it's a black, black right? bottom, dark yeah. blue from the pictures. Black, yeah. Um, that which what I like about the two tone is people are already getting creative of what they can do, uh, what future controllers could look like after after the uh, the mm-hmm. system when you buy it. Um, I think we can really see cool designs coming out for the controller. And that's just visually. What I like on the outside is that they changed the color lights. I don't know whatever you call that LED light from the bottom to the top. And what I think is awesome about this is because there's been many games. Uh, one specifically, I remember playing Tomb Raider, and where you could light a torch in the cave. And the only reason why I knew my light was going orange and red blinking was because I was kind of playing in the dark, and I was like, what is this flashing going on? And then I was like, holy shit, I'm holding a torch, and the light's Oh, so it's like controller. flickering like a, like a what torch. I really, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And that's just a neat little like oh yeah. that's kind of neat whatever and of uh, feature and what I and then like first player second player red blue like the classic yeah. you know red and blue uh, that well now we'll see these colors on top so that's 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 amazing uh, also on the uh, outside they did kind of go I believe they went in a little bit on the triggers just to get a better feel they I guess they've been testing it with. Uh, what they say, many hands, uh, shapes and sizes that now they feel like they um, have the most comfortable. Um, that is one thing for younger players. The, the Xbox controller can feel a little bulky. I'll give them that. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. And that maybe that's they're probably cool. trying I to make sure they don't follow that. Yeah. The switch. Because you know, I yeah. I got the nephew and the niece, and uh, now they're doing pretty good with it. But early on, they had a hard time holding the controller properly because it was too big for them. Hmm. Oh yeah, I wonder if that does yeah. come in play, huh? They didn't really say like an age age range or anything with the uh, testing yeah. of the controller, but I'm interested in now if they did go some of that low. What I know so far is they're they're, they're trying to bring games to make you really, uh, um, exp- uh, what do you call it? Like express your more of an attachment yeah, to yourself. Immersed. So they really want you to feel that you're actually in the game. Exactly, more immersed in the game, immersed. So. And I, I've said this a couple of times, and it's obviously in the article as well, is that they want you to feel when you're pulling a bow, the attention uh, that when you are pulling the bow, they want you to feel like if you're driving a car, the the dirt on the ground of how, uh, I guess it would vibrate uh, if you were driving it yourself. So that's neat, but we don't know how much are we really going to see with that. And of course, the third party is not going to do it, which, I mean, I, w- I don't want to say not going to do it, you never know. But... um It'd be interesting of uh, what the first uh, exclusive will be when the PS5 comes out, and how they they usually uh, try to get the most out of those uh, console release games when it comes to all their uh, technology they want to put out. I remember playing Killzone. Uh, I forgot that name. It was so bad though. Uh, Killzone uh, when it first came out with the PS4. And uh, they're really highlighting how fast you can get in and get out of the game and in the menu. So I'm pretty interested in see what game is going to come out that will take all effects um, or all um, aspects of the controller. Um, I mean, the good thing is we get to actually see something. Now it'd be nice mm-hmm. to see a console. Um, I wonder if the console will have a two-tone to it as well. Um, I personally like the controller. It's just something different, something more futuristic, the look of it. 
Uh, I'm super interested in holding it. It does look like it has like a more uh, out the outside of it uh, more ovalish. It's a totally. So I wonder if it will feel like an old it Xbox feels controller. Like a- Big change in shape from past controllers. Because even like, if you look at like the PS1, PS2, PS3, they all generally had yeah. a similar look. They yeah. looked familiar. And this one, it feels like it's much different. Yeah, and I wonder what made them go with a, finally a different uh, different look to it. Because it is like the same controller almost every time. Little upgrades. I mean, I personally like the PS4. I did not like mm-hmm. the PS3. Um, so I wonder, kind of like how you're a big fan of the Xbox, if it's not really broken, why yeah. change it? So I'm really interested in getting this in my hands to really get it. Be like, if I hold it, be like, oh shit, this feels a lot better than the PS4. That, I'd like to do that as well, because that's one of the big things right now that the consoles are quite close. The fact that like one has a, a monster, you know, processor, the other one has a faster hard drive. So I'm really kind of really still on the fence, which is pretty unique for me. Um, I want to get my hands on this controller. I haven't used a PlayStation in a while. I want to feel it and see if it's something I can adapt back into uh, quickly. So mm-hmm. I, I, this controller has me interested. That's for sure. What other features do we see in, on this thing? Uh, the new share button is called now the create okay. button. So I I never really used the share button on my uh, PlayStation. I just don't really have enough info on because they didn't release a lot of info on the create button. They just said yeah, that. It'll probably be like come, the clipping button so you can uh, make a clip soon. out of things. Like create a clip, everything like that. Well, that's the – yeah, that's the only thing. That's what the share button was. Yeah. So I don't know why they couldn't expand – explain the mm. create button. May if it's pretty much going to be the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not too sure. But anyway, more of that is to come with the create button. Another thing uh, that the controller will have is a built-in microphone so you don't need a headphone. Now, I'm not going to say you don't need because it's more of like uh, a quick fix to me. Like, okay, Frank, uh, I'm logging in right now. Hey, I can already hear you. I'm in your party suite. I explained this as well in the article that it feels like, okay, uh, let me get my head. So let me get situated uh, situated and I'll be right here. Um, So that's when I would plug it in. Now, I think it's neat. And uh, the microphone or the voice coming out of the controller of the PS4 is really neat. And it's really clear. Uh, when you play certain games, if you're talking, uh, I think uh, I can't remember which game was it, but for example, you're talking on the phone uh, in a video game, and that voice will not come out of the speaker; it will come out that of the, the PS4 awesome, controller. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if it sounds better than that, which they do talk about their Dual Sense, okay. So if they enhance everything about the PS4 controller with their Dual Sense. Are we, how loud is that controller can be? Can we control the volume? And how clear can it be if I, if I am talking to someone and I really don't have a headphone? Sony did say that it will have a normal headphone jack. Uh, nothing fancy where you need a big clip or, you know, how all these iP- or phones yeah, nowadays are switching. The lightnings and stuff like uh, that. Different yeah, outputs. And cables and stuff. Yeah. So it did. Yeah, exactly. So it did say that it was going to have a normal headphone jack. So I, my big concern, I, I like the idea of having a microphone on the controller. I wonder if it'll noise cancel the game itself because if I'm sitting there like streaming or whatever and the person's watching my stream, they can hear the game's audio and then me talking, they'll hear my audio. But if they can hear the audio coming out of my speakers and then back into the head, it'll create an echo for every game. So I wonder if there's going to be some sort of noise cancellation for the microphone, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see that. I think this is just a cool little thing to have, kind of like a throw on a little yeah, cherry yeah. on the cake, you know? Um, I just don't see it as something being like your main 
headset or voice i i feel like you still yeah it might even be like a gimmicky thing like when they put it on the nintendo ds where you're like okay this game requires you to blow on it and it's all about the microphone yes oh my god i totally forgot about that actually but yeah i was blown into a ds back then (laughs) all right so we have this two-tone thing and i already got my cool design i want made and then i found out you were telling me that there's a bunch of fans that already doing this so i want to say that my notes got leaked and they copied me uh, so I was thinking this two-tone would look cool, the Spider-Man look. So you got the blue on the bottom, the red on top, much like Spider-Man's, uh, costume. Is there any two-tone looks that you'd want to see on this controller when you buy, like, the customs? Oh, man. So, I really like black okay. and gold together. Um, uh, that's some of my favorite colors. If I had to do a cross-reference to a game, of course I'm going to say Final Fantasy. Yeah. Um, but they already, because a lot of the, uh, little fan-made controllers like the spider-man one we saw they made a god of war which looks mm. uh beautiful they made a last of us kind of boring but it, it works um maybe like a final fantasy one uh it'd be really neat to see game theme controllers and that's what i want to see and i at this point the what xbox one that i really like about is how uh diff- many different controllers they have and it's like dude i want to buy all of them i have a titanfall and i have a sea of thieves one so if playstation can do that well here's my wallet because i need all my favorite games I need that to control. That these controller is so beautiful too. It's probably the best looking. That's so beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous, and even the little details in it. It's like holy shit. Uh, okay, and then what feature out of all these features that we've heard so far are you most interested in? I, I'm going to go with the microphone, even though I think it's mm-hmm. kind of gimmicky. I think that's actually the one I'm looking for because I just want to see. Yeah, I just want to see how well that microphone works. If it doesn't, or if yeah. it does really well. Let's see how it goes. So let's see. All right, next up, we have uh, some news from Nintendo. Game Vice is taking them to court once again. Game Vice is a company known for their wraparound controllers for iPhones and Android phones. Have you seen this before where they kind of have these, like, basically it's you put it in between, or you put a phone in between two controllers? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, so this is, this is what this company makes. Uh, they claim that it is the original for the highly successful Nintendo Switch and are taking Nintendo to court uh, for patent infringements. This is Game Vice's second attempt to take Nintendo uh, out. They, in 2017, uh, they tried, and it was dismissed by the Patent Trial and Appeals Board. Uh, at first glance, there are some similarities. So, like, the, the controllers on each side of the screen, they do detach, and the buttons are actually kind of a similar place. Like, if you look at the Pro Controller, they're about the same spot. spot. But the differences are way more obvious. So... Uh, they have to use your phone. So it's not like it's actually a system. They actually have to use a phone. And the way that the, the controllers go in on a switch, there's rails and they click in. This actually has like a bungee type material on the back that you stretch out over your phone and then it plugs into one side and then it you know holds on the other side of your iPhone or, or whatever phone. Uh, and then they don't have their own games. So you have to use whatever app you want to like say you got the minecraft app actually one thing that's hilarious this is a side thing just i totally forgot to put this in the article like that on game vice's website i was doing a lot of pouring over game vice's website it showed an image of like an app store with games you can get and they're the ones suing over copyright infringement and i noticed not only do they have minecraft on there they actually had a bootlegged minecraft on there too so i'm like are you serious guys (laughs) you're pitching the fact that you could play a a copyrighted version and a non-copyrighted version of a game. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Uh, so somebody in their photo department failed. But it's it's also clunkier and, and thicker, and, and it's just it's not very uh, sleek looking. So it sounds like this is going to fail. Fans are already in an uproar over Game Voice. A lot of people are vowing to never buy one of their products again. I actually, while doing research for this, I was like, I probably would have bought one of these because they're like 40 bucks on sale right now. 
I probably would have bought one of these because they do seem like they would be useful for some games. But now out of principle, I'm never going to buy from them. Uh, what do you think about this, Squeaks? Do you think this these lawsuits from this company are actually hurting their image or is it bringing more attention to them? Honestly, uh, at first, well, actually, what I want to say is bringing attention to them because I never even heard of this yeah. thing until now. So I get, I see that and now I'm doing like the research on it. I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. Well, I, I want no because I don't give a shit about mobile gaming that <laughs> yeah. much to buy this. Now, the thing is, if you're talking about kind of like you're talking about the, the Minecraft, if you were going to talk about uh, copyright stuff, why are you look like a Switch, which you're saying mm-hmm. that was before, but you have the buttons as an yes. Xbox and the same exact colors. Well, all you did was flip flop the colors. Like, if anything, like Xbox could be suing you guys yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, uh, I just I can't take this serious. Like, what yeah. the hell? That's, that's the next question I have for you. Uh, if this is a frivolous lawsuit, then what should be the punishments back on Game Vice? Because once this thing is defeated, they'll just sue them again. They're trying to make it to where actually Nintendo can't import any video games into the United States anymore. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, because they're saying oh, that God. you guys are hurting our business oh, because God. people will either buy a Game Vice or a Switch. It's only between those two options. And so... <laughs> you're fucking... Oh, my God. You're blowing my mind right now. You are crazy. Bitch, are you going to provide me Mario Odyssey, <laughs> Smash Brothers, uh, Animal Crossing... Fire Emblem Smash Brothers. No, you're far from that. So sit your asses back down because you don't do any of that. (laughs) Oh my God. Get the hell out of here. Is this literally like, did you make NBA 2K? Did you make Fortnite? No, you're just an attachment to my phone. So sit your asses back down. So what should be the ramifications for that company in in these frivolous cases? Uh, To remodel their whole system. Oh, you think that that Nintendo should be able to to actually use copyright like reversal on them? No, I think that uh, Gameverse needs to redo their saying. whole system. So, yeah, Nintendo will force them to basically yeah. do re- I think that if they're going to sue, sue a company like this, not only should Game Vice have to pay their legal fees, but also Nintendo's legal fees, too, for having pulled Nintendo into this. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. Um, there has to be something. This company is obviously just doing this for attention. Uh, and I hope it does come back. I know on Twitter and stuff like that, there's all kinds of people that are upset about them. And that's only fair. I mean, you guys are being frivolous right now. And so it should be hurting you guys. Uh, it's a mess. It's crazy because they don't make, you're just an attachment. You're, you don't make games or I was, I don't see any. No, they don't at all. But I just don't see. Uh, yeah, I just don't see it. That's insane. Like you don't provide the phone. If you were going to buy me my phone with this uh, gamepad attachment, then I'm like, okay, I can yeah. see something, but you don't. Yeah, they're not even in the Crazy same field, asses. in my opinion. It's like, you know, I was thinking like, oh, well, it's kind of like Mad Cat's trying to sue Xbox. But no, because Mad Cat's made stuff for the Xbox. And so that's not even... These guys are in a whole different field. So it just it seems so crazy to me. It, it's so stupid, too, because you can't even provide a system that makes for all games. Right now, I have a Galaxy Note 10. Yeah, it's brand new, but you can't... You don't have an attachment yeah. for that. So, But I could go and pick up a Switch, and I don't have to worry about if I have the right system for it, as long as I yeah. have the system. Yeah. Speaking of Nintendo, (laughs) uh, they're also in hot water in China. So China has just banned Animal Crossing over protests. Uh, China has a very tight grip uh, on what the citizens can play. In 2015, they allowed a version of the Nintendo Switch into their country, but required that Tencent became a local partner. Everybody knows Tencent. They are basically a piece of every video game, especially in China. Uh, This is actually, I don't know if you remember, we actually were talking about this. This is the first time a console was allowed in the country. Uh, in like decades. So that was pretty crazy when that happened. Wow. This version of the Switch that the Chinese uh, citizens were allowed to use was limited by the government 
and only had approved Chinese games. From my understanding, there's only like three Mario games that you can play, and that's basically it. China will actually approve. So your Switch is very limited. Um, it sounds like wow. the Nintendo Switch your grandma would buy at a flea market and thought like, oh yeah, it's a Nintendo Switch, and then you read it, it's like Nintendo Witch. And it's like, no, this isn't right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so players have gone around this by buying standard Switches through local importers and creating foreign accounts. So they'll, you know, they'll buy it from the guy next door that happens to get some off of a truck, and then you know they'll just make theirs in Australia. Uh, this is the only way that people have been playing Animal Crossing, but Animal Crossing is taking off in China. And then with the recent Hong Kong riots and the following civil unrest that's happened after that, these players have used Animal Crossing's decoration features to make those statements heard. In Animal Crossing, you can design your own images, like I made the Geek Freak shirt and stuff like that. And you can even use words and write down on, on the things. They've been writing things like Free Hong Kong and then also depicting images of China's leaders, uh, Xi Jinping, and some of their famous protesters. They then take the image, because remember on the Switch, you could like post things on Twitter and Instagram. So they're doing that. They're posting yeah. all these on Twitter and Instagram and some of the social media sites that are ran by, because China has their own social media. They don't really allow the other ones. Uh, so they're posting them everywhere. China is furious. The government is furious. So now they're enforcing a ban the ban on Animal Crossing, going after those who happen to be importers and retailers. Uh, and then the counter government officials, like the pro-democracy officials, are saying that Animal Crossing is a so this is actually a quote from them from from activist Joshua Wong. Uh, he reported this to the Wired, a uh, UK Wired actually. He says Animal Crossing is a place without political censorship, so it is a good place to continue our fight. Even lawmakers in Hong Kong are playing this game. So the now the the pro democracy side are actually using Animal Crossing as a symbol of freedom, and it's it's just this little game that's really kind of dividing the country. Uh, China has more options available, one of them being completely shut down all imports of Switches, legal or not legal. This would hurt Nintendo because this has become a big market for them. Uh, this would force the players to use VPNs for other things. So, But if you're a player, like the Switch you have is the Switch you get. It would become so outlawed that it would be hard for even importers to grab them in. Uh, they haven't resorted to this yet, but it's still on the table. Uh, uh, sources for this, by the way, is Reuters, Times, and, and uh, Technica. So what do you think about this? How could China have handled this situation differently to not get so much backlash? Uh, how do you feel? They don't necessarily have freedom of speech. So how do you think this should have been handled? Yeah, one, it makes you feel grateful for where you Good where point. you are right now. Because this is this is so stupid. Like, for China to ban a video game. One, Nintendo's probably sitting there like, what the hell, dude? We just we just want you to sell, like, Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and you're supposed to be farming cherry animals. Right like, yeah. what the hell is going on exactly? But... To China to literally worry about the smallest little things. It's a fucking yeah. video game. If you ignored it, all this uprising that you backlash that you have on your country wouldn't mm -hmm. be there as much. Um, it's so insane that uh, it just blows my mind how much they locked down because of a video game. It's harmless. It's not doing anything. It's not hurting the country. They're, they're, they fear it will hurt um, the country on their side. So uh, while I do think this is stupid for them to do this, and, I, and I'm actually... You know, I, I think it's silly for them to fight this game, and I think they that they're making a mistake here doing this. And I think they have the right to protest. I'm sorry, they just do. It's they're just handling this all wrong. Like you said, if you had ignored this, it would have been gone. It's so crazy. For sure, I think uh, it's kind of insane. I I would hate if I uh, made a video game like right. Animal Crossing that it's used as a, a political thing now over there. It's like literally, that's not what my yeah. intentions were. Um, and it's, it sucks that it's being used. And like Nintendo's going to suffer here pretty soon. And then on too, the other side, big massive market. Yeah, 
Yeah. And then on the other side, it just shows how little you are to ban something that's so simple as a yeah. video game. Yeah. Pretty, inc- it, pretty yeah. insecure <laughs> to do that. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other statements you want to make on this? Any other any other opinions on this? No, it's kind of a shame. And it's just uh, a sad situation. Uh, uh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It is. All right. So that's our news. Uh, we're gonna, we got a bunch of reviews coming your way, guys, and then we're gonna close things up with some good news with Jonathan and some uh, other hosts joining soon. All right. And now we're with Daniel, and Daniel's gonna be reviewing Resident Evil. What do you think about the new Resident Evil game, Daniel, overall? Like, just grand total. Grand total? I love the game. It reminded me of playing Resident Evil 2. Uh, when I was younger, I didn't really get to play RE3 all the way. It was kind of difficult for me at the time. For some reason, yeah. I just couldn't get past certain parts of the game. I think it was like more Nemesis kept catching me. And I was, mm-hmm. I was young at the time, so... Yeah, I wasn't able able to get through it too too fast okay those who are unfamiliar with resident evil 3 and how it's different from the others can you break down quickly like the story generally what's going on uh so pretty much uh the game starts out with uh you're at raccoon city and Mm -hmm. you're it's infected with zombies and you play as a main character jill valentine who was a former stars member and she works for the the police department there uh at that town and like right away you're in in the hotel room and all of a sudden nemesis this giant um biological uh weapon that was created by umbrella just burst through your wall and you're already having a a fight scene that you're running and it was not even a fight scene it was a a cinematic run scene that you're just running away from nemesis who's chasing you and trying to kill you the entire time is he similar? There was a character kind of like that in Resident Evil 2, correct? That's constantly pursuing you? Yeah, that was Mr. X. And okay. that was just an enforcer that he's pretty much like an enforcer just trying to kill kill anybody. But okay. Umbrella made Nemesis to... I, I'm not really sure why she, they actually made him, but <laughs> he's just like a giant weapon. That's impossible to stop. Yeah, they just had fun making weapons. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> the objective for, as the character is to do what? Just to survive or? Just to escape Raccoon City. That That's oh, okay. pretty much the main focus of the game like is that. you're trying to get through this entire uh, town to get away. And doing so, you're, you're meeting Carlos, a mercenary that was hired by Umbrella and his special, his team. That he joined up with. Okay, so his his crew was sent in to do to to do what exactly? Then well, you're saying there's one thinks, person who's tracking down Nemesis, but what was the whole crew, crew doing? Uh, it's supposed to be saving the people that were alive in the oh, city, but he doesn't realize that he was actually working for Umbrella, and he's trying to track Nemesis, the his co-worker, one of the men. That he was yeah, there yeah. just to do research on Nemesis. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Gameplay-wise, how does that compare to the past games? Compared to the past, like, PlayStation games, uh, way better. It's over-the-shoulder. Uh, graphics are amazing. But compared to Resident Evil 2, they're pretty pretty close. Uh, I feel like the graphics, they they went a step down compared to RE2. 
remake. Just the way you would take down zombies, the graphics in the like if you shoot shoot their arms or your your legs, usually there's a cool little cinematic of like blood gushing out and everything and it just fall, falls down to the ground. But right. in this game, it just explodes when you like shoot their their leg, their arm, it just bursts. Like it, it's weird. Like you just put like a C four on their arm. <laughs> and so it basically, it's up. it's less detail than to the little yeah, things. way less detail. Um, a lot more hordes compared to the old to RE two. So I, I'm not sure if they had a downgrade on the graphics because of how many zombies they were putting in the game. They're easier to take down in this game compared to the number two. You don't have to take... It doesn't take that like a whole clip just to uh, drop a zombie. Most of the graphics are the same compared to RE2 Remake. I was going to ask you, um, did they put as much time into this one? Because I know RE2 took a while to take it, to come out. Do you feel like they rushed this one? No, I, honestly, I don't think they rushed it. It was really well done. It was a really okay. well done... That was my only complaint, really, about the, the exploding parts. That was like the biggest issue. With the game, I think they should have added more to the game because, like, uh, while you're pretty much clearing, trying to get through Raccoon City, Nemesis in the beginning is chasing you the entire time. After you get out of the city and you start going to, like, the the sewer and stuff, he stops chasing you. I kind of wish there was more Nemesis throughout the whole entire thing. It would have been a lot harder. Well, in in the original, was Nemesis there the whole time, or is or did they Nemesis not stay very was close? there most of the time? But I, like I said, I never actually got to the whole thing, and I, I heard a lot of people complaining about it. Like they should have had more Nemesis throughout this game. Playtime. What are you looking at? Playtime. I've heard some complaints. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, well, it took me like four hours to beat the main, the entire story. That's so nuts, man. <laughs> yeah. It. It was disappointing, but you can't compare it to RE2 because RE2, you had, you were able to play as Leon or Claire. In this game, you only play as Jill, and then it'll switch to like Carlos for a couple of the the fight scenes, and that's it. Yeah. So you'll just go clear this part or stop these zombies from coming in. I actually go through a lab too, and then all of a sudden it pans back to Jill. So in RE2, when you played like say Leon, was his total mission four hours? No, nah, it was a little bit less, honestly. It was probably like oh, three. Okay. Yeah. I see. I see. Uh, yeah. But then you play as Claire and then you'll do like part B and you'll, because uh, in the old games, you would run into Claire sometimes and she would like kind of help you. So in this game, they just made two different parts and you get to see how everything went. RE3, they added, even in the original PlayStation game, they added this dodge mechanic in the game. Which you could actually like dodge and roll right. away from like uh, zombie attacks and liquors and stuff like that. In this game, they actually defined it a lot more. Uh, so when a zombie's about to attack you, if you're good at the mechanic, you can still dodge and roll out. And there's a like there's a a tactical roll mm -hmm. that you tactical roll and then it'll lock onto the zombie's head. So 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 is it a targeting system basically? Is that what it is, or how does that work? Yeah. So you'll like, so if the zombie's coming at you, you'll just roll out, and then it'll do a slow motion, like, and then you aim, and it'll just pan to their head, and you could like shoot. 
That's cool. Yeah. So yeah is that a Perky is, unlocked or is that naturally like right that, away? That's naturally that they added cool. the dodge system in Resident Evil Three in PlayStation, but it didn't have that mechanic. It just yeah. had the the dodging mechanic. So that was pretty cool. They made the knife now a main weapon. In RE2, you would get, find all these knives, and then you can only use it for a couple hits or whatever, and then it'll break. And you can actually use in RE2, you were able to use it as a defense item. So if you're about to get bit by a zombie, you could just stab them with the knife and not get mm-hmm. bit. In this game, as a main weapon, you can't do anything of that. So once you're going to get bit, you're getting bit, <laughs> which, yeah. which is kind of disappointing. I like the idea that it's like it makes it even more suspenseful in a way, though, you know, because it's like I just cannot get touched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wh- yeah. I, I kind of miss that. Like I was telling uh, Squeaks, I was like, I honestly kind of miss that whole system with the you could use a knife as a defense. Yeah. In this game, I, I don't really I just put my knife away. I was like, there's no point in me even having it. Oh, well, that's yeah, that's too bad. Then that you're not actually using a weapon. Well, it is because I, also I suck at the game. So <laughs> if I was better, I would just knife zombies. But I every time I would try to knife a zombie, I would get bit. So I, I didn't even bother using the, the knives. Uh, there's another cool little thing while Nemesis is chasing. They added like if you're able to down him, because you could down him and stun him for like a, a couple of seconds. And then he'll get back up. He'll... Uh, drop umbrella crates and it, within them are like special items which is kind of cool feature got health packs and all that to help you continue fighting him uh throughout the 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 whole map there are herbs that you can find and while you're doing this it, i played normal i think it's, it's called standard edition okay. standard version whatever mm-hmm. um you find enough ammo and find enough herbs throughout the whole game i want to try hard mode I want to yeah. try hard mode and see how it feels. Because isn't Resident Evil like notoriously hard on ammo? Yeah, usually they are. Another cool thing about this game was like all the cutscenes, all the boss boss fights were really beautifully done in this game. Like I loved every boss fight I did in this game. That's cool. How many boss fights are in the game? Four or five. And they're all like when Nemesis is like starts evolving because you just keep messing them up every single time. Okay. And it gets like harder and harder than, um, yeah. And the, all the cutscenes are just so amazing. I I, re- I really did enjoy the game. I wish it was a lot longer gameplay, but I mean, you, you can't just add more gameplay to a game that was made for PlayStation One. <laughs> yeah, that's very. That's a good point. Yeah, because yeah. the original game was very limited. Yeah. All right. So, uh, anything else, or do you want to go ahead and give this thing a grade? Oh, uh, we could give this a grade. All right. What are you thinking, man? I'll give it a solid A. Wow, an A. Okay, good I, stuff. I love I love the game. I was a little disappointed because of the uh, how long it took, but again, it was a PlayStation One game. But they still did an amazing job on this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt honestly they could have just made it a DLC for Resident Evil Two or something like that, and just made it like thirty dollars or whatever, not sixty dollars. But yeah. it's still it's still worth. Like, if you're a uh, Resident Evil fan, get the game. It's still fun. It's amazing. You're going to enjoy it. Now, I've never played a Resident Evil game. Is this the one to get in on, or should I wait for a different one? Uh, if you're going to get into one, get into uh, Resident Evil 2. Okay, and then three. get uh, Resident Evil 3. All right. I'll have to check those out. All right. Thank you very much, Daniel.
All right, we're here now with Sammy. Sammy's reviewing Valorant for us. Uh, Sammy, you got that uh, beta key in Valorant. How'd that happen? Uh, so literally, I just stayed on uh, Tim the Tapman's stream for the first, very first day it launched. Like you could, that they were doing the drops. Uh, the first day I didn't get in, and then the next day, like right when Tim went live, I watched his stream like all day long again. And at like right when I turned it off at like four thirty, I ended up check. I turned off the stream. I was like, ah, kind of done. And then I uh, happened to just check my email because I didn't even see, it, didn't even look at Twitch, like to even know, get to the notification. So I checked my email, and then I was like, at like four fifteen, I got the code. So like fifteen minutes right before I got the, I was about to sign off. I got the code. That's awesome. I was I was actually watching the same streamer, but apparently for not enough time. Uh, that's really cool. That's good. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and get into the game. You've been playing the game. What do you think of the visuals so far in Valorant? <laughs> like for visuals, I mean, I like the art style though because it reminds me like Overwatch and stuff. Um, I mean, I don't even have the best PC, and it looks pretty good. What about spell animations? I noticed that they have like these bright green clouds and stuff like that. What do you think about that? I like it. Um, it's pretty cool. I like that character actually. She's really, she's really dope. I forgot her name, but um, she's like she's like number one on all their their media that they keep posting. Is is the image? Yeah. She seems to be uh, seems to be like like every game she's always in it. Um, I think I think it's because one of her um, abilities is to block a entryway. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of people using that to kind of force certain battles and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Speaking of gameplay, how are you liking the gameplay so far? Gameplay wise, like shooting feels amazing. Like all the guns feel really good. Uh, my like aiming is good, even though I'm terrible. Like. There's some matches where I, my worst match was like three and fifteen. I was terrible. Yeah. But um, that's like I said, I'm not I'm not even a PC player either. But it's like right. I'm debating to upgrade my PC to be able to play this game. That's a pretty good sign right there. Yeah. I'm mostly I play just controller, so I have to get used to this keyboard and mouse. But it's yeah. it's definitely a fun addicting game because I keep going back to it. It's hard to go back once once you like get stuck on keyboard and mouse. I have a hard time playing control anymore. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? Okay, so you're saying the guns feel good. Does the shooting seem very accurate? Does it seem very tight? How's yeah. bullet drop and stuff like that? Uh, bullet drop, everything seems tight. Like I, sometimes, I mean, people I've been watching some people at stream. I actually had one guy in my game, dude. Just sniping accuracy was insane. So Sammy, what is your favorite character, and what do they kind of what do they look like? Uh, so Viper is my favorite character. Um, she's a female with a toxin abilities. Um, she like so one of her abilities is be able to create a wall of toxins. Putting up the toxins, she has um, you can use it up to like it has a hundred percent starts off, and then once you use it, uh, it starts going back down. So that's one of her abilities. It creates a toxin wall up. Her other ability is to be able to uh throw a grenade which i think the grenade costs like 200 200 dollars i believe so the grenade creates like a cloud of toxins so it's good it's good yeah. for like laying down and throwing it and then create throw up the toxin um but if you're using that one it drains your toxin as well so you can't like you really have to be able to manage both uh putting up the wall or if you want to use a grenade because it does drain both so if you're using um the grenade, it does take it from the, if you're at 100%, it drops it down. And then okay. there's another, the other ability she has, or well, you can buy, uh, it's, I believe it's $100. And it's like a, 
it's like a grenade toxin. So you just throw it and then on the ground, it leaves toxins on the ground. I think it lasts probably like five seconds on the ground. And you can carry two of those at one time. And then the grenade, you can only carry one at a time. And then her ultimate, um, actually really like her ultimate, it creates like a really large, so it's good if you're going for a plant, um, if you're planting, and then it creates a really large um, bubble of toxins and it makes it really hard for the enemy to see. So it sounds like her abilities have some sort of like poisoning effects that do, does damage over time. Uh, yeah. Do you feel like her abilities are more geared towards damage or uh, support? Because it feels like there's some support in there too. Mostly damage with some support because if you can lay down that grenade, it creates a cloud and it's really hard to see. And then if you throw down the other ability that she has, if you throw that on the ground, uh, it makes it hard for the character, other opposing team to walk through. And does do they already have skins available, or is that not available yet? They do have the store open with uh, not for skins for like the actual character. I haven't seen any pop up, but store for guns. Uh, you can purchase guns right now. They have like a Reaver collection up, uh, which is mm-hmm. four skins um, for the guns. It costs five thousand three hundred twenty-five. I wanted to say it costs around fifty bucks for those four skins. Wow, that is pricey. That's far more expensive than it is for League of Legends. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you know if if the game's launching free or is it going to be a, a pay-to-play? Yes, it is a free-to-play game. All right, so at this point, Sammy, uh, let's go ahead and give this thing a grade. What would you grade this game? Uh, right now, I would grade it a B plus. B plus. that's not bad. One thing, um, I don't know if they'll change this setting or not. Late games, like for unranked, like because they only have unranked right now, uh, if you're trying to play like quick, like you only have like 15 minutes, you can't do it because the matches they can last for a little while. Um, they probably last about a half hour, maybe a little longer, because you have to get to 13 rounds to win a match. Um, so if they cut that down, maybe if they cut it down to getting down to like eight would be nice if they're unranked. And then if you go to rank, keep it as it is because I think. Ranked games should stay around that that win total, getting 13 round wins. Um, yeah. But if you're trying to just, I just want to go in, play real quick, and then bounce out because I have stuff to do, they need to fix that. Because if I just want to hop in and not spend all my time. But uh, that's like one of my critiques I have. Well, that, that does feel, it's funny because that feels long, but it feels about the same time as a League of Legends match is what Riot's known for. All right, well, I'll have to check that out once we get access into that game. Do you know when it's coming out for everybody? Or? They, they haven't, I don't believe they said, I think they said summer, but I don't know if they're going to do an open beta or not. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us, Sammy, and giving us the, the details on, on Valorant. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right, everyone, we are now joined by Jonathan we're going to be talking about the new streaming service, QB. Jonathan, have you heard of QB? Uh, you told me about it, but I haven't heard it from anyone else. Okay. Uh, so this is a new streaming service that is for your phone only, and it basically has two main features. There's going to be a new episode released every day for one of their shows, and every episode is under 10 minutes long. Uh, so pretty unique, right? Under 10 minutes long. That's that's kind of the biggie that everybody's eye-catching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it only has original content. They're very high quality production, so it doesn't feel like it's cheap at all. It actually feels pretty good. Uh, they are designed specifically for your smartphone and they have a big variety of genres. So 
You have your your crime shows, your comedies. Uh, there's a baking show I really like on there and stuff like that. So it, it feels like Netflix and the fact that it has a bunch of everything. Uh, again, it's only available for your phone, so you actually have to use an app to, to watch everything. And it comes with a three-month free trial, and after that, it's five bucks a month. So far, they have 23 shows and 18 daily essentials, which is kind of like ESPN or news or whatever. They have all kinds of news ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 my favorite feature so far is this thing where it's going to be full screen, whether you have it in landscape or portrait. So... Uh, like think of like if you're watching an, uh, an iPhone video or uh, iPhone video, a YouTube, YouTube video. video. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you have it in landscape, you see it in full screen like you would like on a computer to monitor full screen. But if you turn your phone portrait, it makes it real small and cropped on the top and bottom. This actually changes the video to where it zooms up on just whoever's talking. And I kept toying with this feature to see like how it's figuring out who to point to right now. Mm-hmm. And um, there was it very rarely would it have two people in the shot. Normally it's just one person. If they're standing next to each other, it'll bounce back and forth. Um, there were certain scenes like in this cooking show where it would actually put them side by side, but on top of each other with some like a uh, themed line dividing the two mm-hmm. for the cookie show was like a lot of nineties splash art. So that would be in between the two stuff like that. Uh, but they get really creative. Uh, that has to take a lot of extra effort to edit around that, you know? Yeah. That sounds like it was, it was, I mean, obviously designed for the phones, but that's smart. And I'm surprised we haven't gotten to that sooner really. Yeah. I like to see more content. I think, no matter what, I want to see something more out of that going forward. If QB doesn't work out, I'd like to see somebody else try that out. Yeah, that sounds like, I mean, just the, the concept, the way all the next generation is, you know, everything's on the phone. All of our news is from, you know, YouTube and podcasts and different streamers and stuff like that. So you don't need the the landscape perspective of a TV or the confines of a TV anymore. So I think this is going to be like the next uh, Netflix where it just kind of breaks the mold and starts a new era of entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a cool feature and it opens up like different ways of shooting certain scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, they're, they're pretty standard in fact that like, you know, they're focusing on just one person. But could there be a situation where maybe you're seeing more of the skybox above a person so that it kind of gives you a different feel? So I, I'm excited to see what they can do with this. It'll be pretty interesting. Uh, so far, there are three shows that I enjoy the most. We'll go over what those three are. Uh, one is called Dishmantled, Flipped, and Punked. Now, Punked, you guys probably already recognize, but let's go ahead and we'll dive into that one first. Uh, this is a reboot of the old Ashley Kutcher show. Jonathan, we've watched this when we were kids, right? Ash- oh, the yeah. uh, old Punks. Been yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, uh, Chance the Rapper is now back for this one. He's the one that's hosting it. And uh, he's been, but one thing I like is instead of just punking random celebrities, he's trying to specifically punk celebrities that he's friends with. So it adds like another layer to it because he's like, oh, she hates this and stuff like that. So it's a lot of fun. Um, and I, the the smaller format, so each video is like seven minutes. Each of these punk episodes are only seven minutes long. It works so much better than the actual series. Hmm. When you had to fill 30 minutes of multiple punks or whatever, it's just boom, snap, you're right into it. Really works well. I uh, watched an interview with Chance the Rapper and it kind of made me laugh because he's like, oh yeah, I grew up on punk. And I'm like, man, punk doesn't feel like it's that long ago for somebody to grow up on it. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of blew me away a little bit. Flipped is really cool because it's actually got Caitlin Olsen, which is uh, D from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and Will Forte from all, co- all kinds of cool stuff, uh, Last Man on Earth and SNL. They are two kind of wannabe uh, like TLC home improvement people, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, flip this house or what's what's the one with like the two twin brothers and uh gosh property brothers i know you guys watch them so, so i was yeah. checking with the or chip and gain on uh chip and chip and joanna gain 
Uh, like you know the last names yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't. I don't remember the name of their show, but it's like an awesome show. Yeah. So they 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 always watch those every day, and there's gonna be this contest to try to get the next like TLC person uh, personality on there. So they're like, okay, we're gonna go full bore on this thing. They buy a really terrible house for like a couple thousand bucks, and they're like, this is perfect. Let's start doing the demolition phase and stuff like that. And they start going into it. When they're demolitioning a wall, they come across just stacks on stacks of cash. And so like, oh my God, let's, instead of using this, just like, we don't need to make a TV show. Like, no, now we're going high production. So now they have the crew out there. They're in the director's chair, spending just all kinds of money on this old crappy house. Uh, and then of course, that money belonged to somebody. And it was like this mob. And so, or this like whatever cartel. So they're knocking on the door and they have them hostages and it's really cute because this is like the fourth episode in already. Now the, the story I told you already is already four episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the they, like the the mob boss who's uh, who's played by the roommate, Alana Glazer's roommate in, um, oh gosh, in Broad City. So if you kind of recognize him. Oh, Anyways, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> and uh, while they're sitting there like around, about to like torture them and stuff like that, they're like, wait, where did you get this water fountain from? I really like this water fountain. <laughs> so it's kind of like. <laughs> It's got a really good vibe to it. It feels a little bit like it's got that a little Always Sunny in Philadelphia vibe to it all. It's really cool. Yeah. I'm thinking of that extreme home makeover episode of Always Sunny. Like it's it sounds yeah. like it's got that same kind of feel. A little bit to it. They definitely the way that they are just like, well, you see them doing this on the show, obviously. Yeah. You know? yeah. But we're yeah, just gonna that's... we're just gonna burn down this part of the wall. The rest of the house will be okay. We're gonna make a perimeter. It'll be fine. <laughs> the perimeter. Oh, and then the jean shorts too. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I just explained four episodes. So if you think of like every break point was where they're living their lives and they decide, let's go become a uh, host. That's episode mm-hmm. one. Then like, Hey, let's, let's find this house and start fixing it up. We found the cash too. You know what I'm saying? So it kind of breaks down into these different, every uh, story plot becomes a new episode. And so, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. And then the last one I really like is called Dismantled. It has Titus from, uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, heck Remember yeah. Him? He's the host of this cooking show, and it's, again, it's seven minutes. It's like a perfect format for these. They say under 10, but it feels like everything's seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two contestants, and he always has like two celebrity co-hosts, each a different one each episode. But two contestants stand in this chamber. They get shot with a food cannon with some sort of dish inside. They have to. They have like 30 minutes. You can taste as much as you want while you're in there. So the longer you sit there and taste around the food that's in there, the, longer you, the less time you have to cook. You taste the food, and then you try to recreate whatever dish was just shot at you. It's fun it's wacky it's a mess and i really like it and then seven minutes it's like the perfect length because action happens you cook judged done i think it's perfect <laughs> that's pretty cool so the pros to qb is that it's you know very well made and the shorter videos i'm, fi- I'm finding to be like perfect for my lifestyle because sometimes you just want to watch one real quick i don't want to sit there like binge watch a bunch of things so it really fits well for that mm-hmm. the cons is in the end of the day i feel like this is just really good quality youtube videos you know youtube videos already kind of have that shorter format usually and so I'm not sure if QB will do well because it's basically YouTube videos with a monthly subscription of $5 a month. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that, John? So I'm, I'm super excited, super interested to see this play out because, like I was saying earlier, it seems like it's a game changer. Everybody's watching short clips now, YouTube videos and, you know, Vines and stuff like that. Uh, TikTok, like, you know, I just got oh, into that. It's insane. I could just spend hours swiping in it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I'm wondering if you know we know it'll resonate with like the younger generation now probably, but will it uh, hook them enough? Because that's one thing about TikTok is just endless mind-numbing content. You just keep swiping. If they yeah. have you know 20 or 30 shows, you know each have a, you know 10 or 20 episodes, whatever. 
will that be enough to keep people's interest? And, you know, there's short segments, which is great, but I wonder if people want a deep, you know, uh, a, a deep storyline with character development and a thick, heavy plot, will they be able to get that from this too? Or is that something they just got to go somewhere else for? Will we eventually have, you know, since we don't have the confines of a traditional TV series because streaming got rid of a lot of what we knew as advertising and how uh, the TV shows had to be aired and marketed and all that stuff. Uh, you don't have to sit in a 30 minute window or an hour long window. So right. could we have like a really cool, you know, four hour movie made up or, you know, are we going to see hour long episodes in a, in a new show that they provide two or hour and a half or, or is it just going to continue to be only really small segments, really small shows or will they be small, but able to combine together in a flawless story that could, now feel like a Game of Thrones, but you got it a seven-minute bit at a time. Yeah, and and it's a little tricky because I haven't watched any of the, like the crime dramas, which seem like they're kind of like mimicking the CBS kind of shows. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't watched any of those yet. I need to watch those next to kind of get a feel for those. I'm interested to see what changing the time frame, how how that works for storyline. Like for example, on uh on Netflix, they're doing this now where they're kind of doing these little mini series mm-hmm. where we had uh, Self Made was only four episodes long. We had, uh, I'm not okay with this. It was like eight episodes long, but they're really 20-minute episodes, real short. So, and, the, and I can't help but say I really enjoyed those shows because I was in and out and done. Yeah. And it was really nice. And and me and Daniel were just talking about how, like, I'm not okay with this. It was a great show because I spent maybe two hours, which was only one season, was in two hours, and you're done. And it was like, oh, I got a good story out of that. I can't wait for next season when it's another maybe two, two and a half hours, and I'm done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's kind of nice to be able to break it up like that. Don't get me wrong, Breaking Bad, I can sink into an hour of, of television like that, you know, easily. Yeah. But it's a little, it's weird. It's kind of like a good mix. I'm interested to see where they go with this. Yeah. I like they're trying something different. That they're changing what we're used to. Yeah. All right, guys. So that's QB. Again, you guys can get three months for free. So check it out. Uh, again, I suggest Dismantled, Flipped, and Punked. Punked is a classic. It was just really good. Their first one was, <laughs> they had this famous actress, or uh, rapper, uh, and they pretended like her dog was lost and they pulled up to this truck that had like a gorilla in a cage. It was a man in a suit, but a gorilla in a cage. And the gorilla gets out and starts shaking. The, she's freaking out. And, <laughs> oh my God. And some guy like tried to get into their SUV. She's like, no, she's not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, each man for himself. Oh, it was, it was a lot of fun. So, uh, it's exciting to see what else we have there. Do, do you, do you think, sorry, just to go back to it real quick. Do you think other services like HBO or, uh, Netflix or anybody will try to adopt that and do shorter uh, episodes because of that? I think Netflix is in the midst of doing that now. I think they are. With a couple of the last shows that came out, they were really weird formats. I can see that happening with Netflix for sure. Okay. That'd be cool. Because they're strictly streaming, uh, streaming. So even HBO, while they do have some streaming exclusives, they're generally still trying to push their you know paid subscription on your DirecTV or whatever. you know. Yeah. Next up, Jonathan and I are going to be going over some good news in the world. This is how we're trying to finish every episode right now until life gets back to normal. Uh, we had some really good stories, John. What did you think of this year, this week's stories? Yeah, they're pretty pretty awesome. This, I mean, it, it's nice to hear these good stories because, of course, everybody's in a tough situation right now with the coronavirus and everything. Um, yeah. But you don't hear about this stuff on the regular news, at least not very much of it. So um, it was this good, goodnewsnetwork.org. Uh, pretty awesome that they're putting this stuff out there for us. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, goodnewsnetwork.org. And then uh, Jim Halpert's, 
host John Krasinski's new YouTube <laughs> channel. He's the one that kind of caught me onto this. So uh, check those out. So I'll start us off and then we'll go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to start with just generally pollution is so far down around the world. It's awesome to see these beautiful images of like India, the Himalayan mountains. You can see the mountaintops right now, which you haven't been able to see the mountaintops in years. Uh, the air is cleaned up in 30 years. Those mountaintops were not being, uh, were not seen. Fish have returned to the Vene- uh, Venetian canals, uh, which were muddy because it's actually their throwaway. That's how they, they travel back and forth. Now it's all clear with fish back in there. Los Angeles skies. Y'all knew me. We travel to LA. You get over the grapevine and then you just see that smog layer, right? Mm-hmm. Crystal clear skies, blue and sunny right now, which I never would have thought <laughs> I'd see that in LA. It's crazy. Yeah. So we're getting a lot of shots from LA right now where everybody's taking these pictures of just like, man, that's beautiful outside. Like, yeah, that's what we get up here a little bit, you know? Uh, and then like China smog was, you were able to see it from space and now it's clear over the country. You cannot see any smog from space anymore. Uh, so it kind of makes me think like, should we spend two weeks a year just kind of shutting down all these countries just to kind of let the planet reset a little bit? Yeah, I mean, this did just overlap Earth Day, didn't it? Didn't we just pass that? <laughs> I think it did, actually, yeah. Yeah, we might want to make this like a national holiday every year. We spend, you know, two weeks or a month off of work and two weeks quarantine at home and then uh, give us, you know, more time off and help uh, help our planet recover. Yeah, and it's probably better for our immune systems, too, or whatever. You know how, like, uh, Dr. Fauci saying, like, don't shake hands for the next 18 months, if ever. Yeah. And so I bet this would kind of help all of our systems too, like if through flu season and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just really neat to see. And I, I can't wait to see what kind of studies come out of this. We, we've always had all these climate change studies and stuff like that. Now we have two weeks of seeing what less impact on the planet does. So I can't wait to see what all that kind of brings out. That's going to be really interesting. Good reads. Yeah, for sure. All right. What we got next? Uh, this is young man, TJ Kim, learning to fly. Now, let me ask you a question. If you were a 16-year-old boy learning to fly, what would you do? Especially if you didn't know about the story already. I would probably play a flying simulator video game, maybe Star Fox. Oh, that's boring. I always thought it'd be, <laughs> aw- I always thought it'd be awesome to fly, like legit fly yeah, a plane. But I would just, you know, go back At and 16, forth. 16, though, that's definitely not what's on my plan. <laughs> like, yeah. I was just oh, yeah. trying to I'd, not do homework. I'd be flying upside down over the high school just so all the girls could see, but that's about it. <laughs> there you go. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, you use it to get attention or something like that. Uh, but no, so this uh, 16-year-old boy, TJ Kim, he doesn't have his driver's license yet, but he is uh, taking classes to learn how to fly. Uh, and when he first signed up, he talked to an instructor and said, hey, you know, I want to I learn how to fly, but I want to make, you know, good use out of our training sessions or whatever, however you call it, uh, lessons. Um, so he's been with his instructor delivering uh, medical supplies to rural hospitals. Uh, across their state so yeah that's pretty i mean like you just hop in hop in a plane you're doing your practice runs anyways you're going back and forth and so yeah that's that's pretty fantastic you might as well take a load somewhere and he's just le- allowing this to be a uh, an opportunity to help others so it's pretty fantastic and i don't know where they get the medical supplies from i'm sure it's just you know them volunteering the transportation from one place to another but I think like there's going to be like a big city in every state, right? At least one. Yeah. Uh, they're probably, you know, just like, hey, here's a bunch of face masks and it's really hard for us to drive out, you know, three, four hours over to a certain country town. Mm-hmm. Let me swing by with a plane, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's really cool. What an what a inspirational kid. Like, man, at 16, I was not focused like he is. That's really cool. <laughs> right. All right. So we have some giant pandas 
So after 13 years, these pandas have never been breeding, right? They're really pretty bad about it. They're the two famous pandas from China. Um, uh, Li Li and Ying Ying, uh, Yang Ying, Ying Ying, sorry. Uh, so <laughs> these, these pandas haven't been uh, breeding at all. And now with social distancing and the zoos have been empty, they have some freaking privacy so mm-hmm. they can go to town. And so having the first uh, breeding in 13 years, uh, mating season for, for a female panda is 24 to 72 hours God. per year. I mean, that's crazy. Talk about a window. If you got jury duty or something like that, and you screw <laughs> that up. Oh my god, yeah. no chance. And they have like a very little libido as it is. So really, pandas just they don't care. Uh, but now that nobody's sitting there watching them the whole time, they're okay. They feel free to go ahead and breed. So this is actually really good for the panda population. The zookeepers are starting to use this as a way to learn new things about pandas. And like, mm-hmm. hey, maybe if we were to actually isolate them during this you know 72 hour window we'd have a better chance because currently they put them in a pen and they watch like come on baby breed you know and yeah. now they're like let's just give them some space <laughs> this yeah. might work out really well uh so there's all kinds of things we're learning new about pandas and this could lead to a uh, revelation for their species and, and in a way to save them so that's pretty awesome yeah honestly maybe if we just release them back to their natural habitat but you know keep a uh crew nearby to help protect them from predators or something yeah. like that because they're so rare Maybe they would be able to continue to breed. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, maybe there's something they could do with that. That's a good idea. But I know it's too risky to just throw them out in the jungle and hope they survive kind of thing. Some dude's going to want a panda hat. Mess exactly. Everything up. Yeah, that's the biggest problem there. All right, what's our next one, Jonathan? All right, so uh, we got this guy, Alan Marshall, who uh, yeah. took out his savings, his, assuming his life savings, and uh, stood out on the street corner in front of a gas station and, and holding a sign um, saying that uh, he has free gas for nurses. And so he just p- took all his money, everything he's got, and just started filling up uh, nurses' gas tanks. And uh, I think it was in Milwaukee. Is it Milwaukee? That's really cool. But, uh, yeah, isn't that, isn't that freaking awesome? Like, you know, the nurses are out there. They're really in the thick of it. I mean, everybody has some, you know, downside to this, I'm sure. Uh, a lot of people are just, you know, bored, stuck at home, or, you know, stuck at home with their family that's driving them nuts or whatever. Those are the lucky mm-hmm. ones. Unlucky ones are out there sick right now, potentially dying or already dead. And then there's the people who are just fighting through it that are, you know, having to confront these people every day who have this virus and they're trying to help them and heal them and get them better and keep it from spreading. And they're putting themselves and their families at risk every day. So I think that's awesome to see people doing this. I know we've heard other stories before, too, of people just giving whatever they could to help support the nurses and doctors and like we all yeah. should anything we can do to help support them right now they're they're supporting us they're keeping keeping our friends and family alive and trying to prevent this from spreading more and it's cool because it's just some dude that had some money in the savings that said like let me go hold a sign and do this yeah. and you know it's it's cool because we see like oh starbucks is giving out free coffees and yet even on the other spectrum you just have a guy who has a few hundred bucks in the in the savings account and filling up gas tanks so yeah it's cool to see everybody's pitching in that's pretty awesome and, and afterwards he just he because at first he had the sign saying uh free gas for nurses afterwards he still just goes out on the corner next because it's i believe across the street from the hospital and mm-hmm. uh, holds a sign saying thank you for all you do so it's like yeah. just to can, even if you don't have money to, to throw at him just showing them you appreciate what they're going through because imagine the mental stress they all must be and emotional going through right now just a kind word i'm sure you know would help make somebody's day most of these nurses, they can't go back home. Their their families in isolation, so yeah. they can't go home. They go to a hotel. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just a little bit of uh, niceness like this is, is what we need right now. Yeah. All right. Next up, Matthew McConaughey's cheering up 
This old folks home is pretty awesome. It's called the Enclave at Round Rock Senior Living Center. And uh, they're all quarantined in individual bedrooms. Uh, so it's really rough for them. And of course, senior citizens are at most risk. So we really have to be very careful. McConaughey's doing his part. He's holding live bingo over Zoom. And uh, if you win the bingo, you get to ask him a personal question. So it's kind of this cool little thing where uh, everybody in this in this uh, in this center is sitting there playing bingo with him, and he he and his family are sitting down the other side of it, pulling the numbers, and they're like, "Oh, we have a bingo. Let's show up your card," and they show their card and stuff like that. And then they ask him, you know, like, "What was it like to work on or whatever?" You know, random McConaughey questions, and he's just being super cool about this. Uh, he this this. Uh, uh, retirement homes actually asked for him to come by and visit sometime. And he's like, oh, yeah, I will, I will. Well, now that he has the free time, he's like, let me try to do as much uh, good things as possible. This has inspired other famous people to do these. Uh, there's been over 100,000 views on different bingo tr- uh, streams now, uh, people helping each other out. So it's pretty cool. It's kind of started this new thing, uh, this new social media virtual bingo thing. I really like that. That's a cool way to keep everybody entertained. Yeah, and that's awesome to see celebrities out there. I mean, there's plenty of people out, you know doing nice things and stuff but it's cool to see the celebrities that have so much influence that are that you yeah. know have such an impression on people to show that when when the world especially is in time of need or you know any time in your life you can go the extra mile to just help the people around you and cheer people up so that's yeah. that's awesome to see them be selfless and you know influence hopefully the next generations to do the same yeah real classy move yeah i like it all right so uh twitter founder jack uh, Dorsey uh, just pledged $1 billion, which I guess is 28% of his net worth, which is a big chunk, you know, over a fourth yeah. of what he's worth, uh, to uh, COVID-19 relief efforts. Um, what, what's cool about this is he's not just, you know, hey, I'm going to write a check. It's gonna, or, or not just saying it on the news kind of thing. Um, hey, guys, guess what? I'm giving away all this money. Because uh, sometimes that just falls between the cracks and like, oh, great, we give him a round of applause or, you know, we assume it's all going to be used right, but secretly it's going to, you know, Apple or some big corporation or yeah. something like that, right? And a lot of money goes to running the foundation and not so much helping the people that it's supposed to be helping. Yeah. Yeah. So um, to, to I don't know, avoid that kind of suspicion, or just to be fully, completely transparent, um, he's going to um, have it all tracked, all of the um, the donations transactions. or transactions, yeah. there you go. Um, will be uh, documented and tracked on a public Google document. So Yeah, you could actually look that Google document up too. That's pretty neat. Yeah, so every bit of that $1 billion that he's donating to help with the COVID relief uh, funds is going to be public uh, uh, public record pretty much. Yeah. So I think that's I mean, pretty, it's pretty awesome. 28% of his net worth, that is crazy. Yeah. That's, that's so much. When you think of like, I mean, like it's so awesome that we have some other billionaires like Bezos and... Zuckerberg giving anything uh yeah. they gave you know so much money whatever but it was like half a percent of their net worth which is exactly. still great that they gave something but 28 percent of your net worth like that's gonna hit your taxes that's that's huge that's awesome yeah that's <laughs> yeah when you when you're giving you know 10 billion but you don't even see it on your statement you know it, it doesn't affect you personally it doesn't matter it's okay i was going to give that amount throughout the year in charitable donations anyway so i might as well just direct it in one spot and look good but no, when you're giving more than a quarter of your value, that's that's huge. I mean, he is could cripple him afterwards. I imagine if it takes a lot of money to run Twitter. Uh, so hopefully, I mean, hopefully it helps bring up 
Twitter and and if he's going to continue to be so charitable, then help him uh, continue to profit from it. I guess. Yeah, I prefer yeah, I prefer Twitter, so I was happy with this. You know, so that's that good for my, <laughs> right. my end. Uh, next up in our last one, Tyler Perry brings good news throughout the year. Uh, like during Christmas and stuff like that, he's always doing really awesome things for his neighborhoods. Yeah. Uh, and he just stepped up again in a huge way. He so uh, currently, if you're a senior in a lot of local towns. You can go from like 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. to shop with just other senior citizens. This gives them a reduced chance of catching anything mm-hmm. and um, and a way to kind of socialize with some other senior center, senior citizens that are going through this situation with them. Uh, so Tyler Perry in New Orleans, Atlanta, uh, and some other smaller towns, he paid for all the groceries in 73 supermarkets for every senior citizen during those senior hours. That's Everything. just amazing. That's crazy. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, so it's thousands of elderly citizens he helped. What's really cool, just to throw even more awesomeness on all this, he was an unidentified uh, guru. Like, he didn't, like, identify himself. He yeah, was anonymous, anonymous the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And uh, and he called himself, let me see. Oh, the they said that the groceries were paid by the Atlanta Angel. That was kind of his nickname he gave himself while doing this. Yeah. And uh, 44 Kroger's, which is like Ralph's for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, 20, 29 Winn-Dixie's, which is, you know, an East Coast one. Uh, and... One of the managers of the of the stores said, like, it was Tyler Perry doing all this. Uh, just <laughs> such a cool move. And then that, that manager was, like, super grateful because it was also very uplifting to these workers that are working really hard hours and everything like that, trying to make sure that we all have our food. So it was kind of a double bonus. Here you're, you're helping out all the senior citizens and you're uplifting the people that get to tell these senior citizens, like, food's on us. Yeah. Like, so it was just really cool, you know. Yeah. Just class act all around. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty awesome. I mean... I I, I, I I hate to dig into it too much, but I'm wondering how the logistics work. Do like, do they? Yeah, I don't know how you, how you manage that. That's a lot, though. That's I mean, 73 stores that you know yeah. probably got told this, that morning or at some point, like, hey, just all the seniors are going to be covered, so just ring them up uh, like normal, but put in this code or or something like that to make yeah. it go on a separate account. But maybe the manager was given like maybe he had a credit card for this event. And then it was, each manager was given that credit card number. It's so hard to tell. Yeah. yeah You're almost better off having 73 people that work for Tyler Perry going out and doing this. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's probably a bigger a bigger thing they could do at like a corporate level is why they did it from two specific chains. That's a good uh, point. Yeah. Maybe he actually, yeah, that's a, that's actually probably right. He actually called the Winn-Dixie and the Kroger, you know, headquarters and like, hey, I want Atlanta paid for and stuff like that. Yeah. That that's pretty sense. cool. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. All right, guys, that's going to be it for us this week. We had a lot of different jumping around, different guests and hosts and whatever. So uh, thank you guys so be- for being so patient with us as we kind of deal with uh, hanging out at the houses. Uh, again, we have this stream going on where we're going to be kind of streaming and asking each other questions and kind of impromptu podcasts. So join us most nights. We're streaming out while we're playing whatever game possible. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys next week. All right, see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.